hold the silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a code of silence and it can't go on. I am Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on November the 4th, 2009. Newcomers should look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website. you find hundreds of hours of talks I've given in the past for download uh, in audio form. And you'll also see on the same front page, if you scroll down, all the other sites I have up there, because once in a while the big ones go down. If you bookmark these, you can always find the latest shows and download them. There's cuttingthrough.jakeness.com, cuttingthroughthematrix.net.us.ca, Alan Watt, cuttingthroughthematrix.ca, and Alan Watt, sentient, sentinel.eu. The Sentinel site, European site, has all the audios, but it has addition of transcripts of a lot of the talks I've given, and you can download them in the various languages of Europe. And remember, you are listeners who bring me to you. I'm not backed by any foundation any NGO group. I'm not a member of any political party. I'm not pushing myself for a career here. I'm not pushing um, products by sponsors. Uh, the, the ads on this show you are, are actually paid by the advertisers straight to RBM for airtime and for the staff they have and their equipment and their bills and all the stuff that we pay ourselves at home too. Much more expensive when you're broadcasting on radio, of course. And it's up to you to keep me going. So you can do so if you go into cuttingthroughthematrix.com website, see what I have for sale there. You also find you can donate to me as well. You can also order through PayPal as well as donate. And remember that personal checks are good from the U.S. and Canada. So is international postal money order good from the U.S. If you don't have a bank account, you just get the international money order at the, at the post office. And some people just send cash. It's up to you. Outside the Americas, you can always use Western Union, MoneyGram, or PayPal as well. And some people, again, send cash to cut out the guy with the little podgy fingers and the triple chins. But it's up to you to keep me going because I really need help. Uh, money just trickles in here. It trickles in from the same people. And sometimes they can't manage themselves either. So it's up to you to keep me going. Or I won't be on the air one day. Simple as that. Because I'm going backwards, not forwards. And believe you me, it's uh, more than a seven-day-a-week full-time occupation. Just doing this stuff and everything else I have to do at home. For those who get the disc burned and passed to them, you can get in touch with me at Alan Watt, Site 41, Box 4, Estaire, which is E-S-T-A-I-R-E, Ontario, Canada. The postal code is P three E that's Peter three Elizabeth four N for Nora one P three E four N one and that would get to me as I say as I say remember too uh, I'll stress it again if you want to pay or, or buy books or CDs and you see some of the CDs I have have 50 shows on them it's a good deal uh, you can use PayPal as well just email me separately from your payments 
Okay. And I'm not kidding, too. I am going backwards. Going really, real backwards this time of year. And I know it's tough out there for people as well. I don't ask for um, the usual kinds of... Uh, I don't actually put anything up on my website that you have to pay to get into. That's one of the few places that you don't have to go into my archives and pay for them. It's free. But eventually, I'm going to either have to just go off or do something drastically different or bring on the advertisers who will sit and scare the hell out of you for half an hour and then flog their products, the savior at the end. That's how it's done. And I get five grand a cut for that. How's that? It's up to you. I'll be back with more after this break. Once again, the Club of Rome the other night, the premier think tank, they call themselves, for the United Nations, the guys who boasted in their book, The First Global Revolution, that they were, they were given the task of finding a way to unite the world into the new system, and they had to have a common enemy uh, to make it so, because we all come together and, and sacrifice during a war-type scenario. So they said, basically, man would be the enemy and that global warming, uh, the threats of famine and the like, water shortages and the like, uh, would fit the bill. And that became the mantra from then on. And we also know that Maurice Strong, in his charter, 92, his Earth Charter, as he fronted for the big corporations, the United Nations and the foundations, Mr. Rockefeller's best pal, of course, his mentor, uh, also behind them, uh, came up with the Earth Charter and got all the countries to sign on to that, step-by-step incrementalism as they pulled out their master plan because they were going to use environmentalism and global catastrophes as the reason uh, to bind us all together under a new new collective system. And they wrote another book after that called Mankind at the Turning Point from the Club of Rome, and this is what they said. In nature, organic growth proceeds according to a master plan, a blueprint. Such a master plan is missing from the process of growth and development of the world system. Now is the time to drop a master plan for sustainable growth and world development based on global allocation of all resources. Based on global allocation of all resources and a new global economic system. That's for the hard of thinking. I'm repeating that part again. And a new global economic system. What do you think that means? It's not just a new currency. It's, it's a new way of living, totally. Will you work for yourself? Will you work for the world state? Because on, I say, 10 or 20 years from today, it will be probably be too late because we catch on to them. That's why. And that's from Mankind at the Turning Point Club of Rome. And then now they trot out the ex-KGB and ex-president um, of the Soviet Union when it was still the Soviet Union. The man that was brought out to merge the Soviet with the West, it was, as we found out from the Rees Commission, that was going to happen down in the 1950s. Michael Gorbachev, founder of Green Cross International. He said, we need a new paradigm of development in which the environment will be a priority World civilization as we know it will soon end. 
We have very little time and we must act. If we can address the environmental problem, it will have to be, have to be done with a new system, a new system, a new paradigm. We have to change our mindset, the way humankind views the world. In other words, we're going to change our mindset, you see. And then, from the United Nations Commission on Global, Global Governance Reports, Global Governance Report, UN, this unelected body, by the way, this private corporation, set up by the, those who own the foundations, like Rockefellers. In fact, Rockefeller donated the land that they built at all. It used to be a, the biggest kosher slaughterhouse in New York. Well sacrificed for its purpose. The concept of national sovereignty has been immutable, indeed a sacred principle of international relations. It is a principle which will yield only slowly and reluctantly to the new imperatives of global environmental cooperation. It's your sovereignty to go. I hope you realize that. It's nothing about CO2. This is all the, the, the big nonsense, the gas that was put out by the Club of Rome when they were given the task to find their, uh, something they could push on the public to believe as to the reasons why we all had to give up sovereignty and come together. And then they would allocate resources to you. That means dishing out the food, by the way, to each block or region, as they call it, to bring down your population. So that's what they said. The concept of national sovereignty has been immutable, indeed a sacred principle of international relations. It's a principle which will yield only slowly and reluctantly to the new imperatives of global environmental cooperation. The UN Commission on Global Governance reports. The first global revolution, the first book I mentioned from the Club of Rome, written by the founders, why they want to dreamed up the idea. They said in the same book that uh, they looked at all kinds of government and governance, and they decided that, that uh, collectivism, out of all the type they had at that time, the Soviet system, democracy and all the rest of it, collectivism, which is the Soviet system, was best suited for their needs, for the world. So here's what they say too. Democracy is not a panacea. It cannot organize everything and it is unaware of its own limits. These facts must be fairly faced squarely. Sacrilegious though this may sound, democracy is no longer well suited for the tasks ahead. The complexity and the technical nature of many of today's problems do not always allow elected representatives to make competent decisions at the right time. Remember what the Huxleys and all these guys said? They're bringing in a world of a scientific elite to rule the peoples in a collectivist fashion. So democracy is just a panacea. We believe in it. We believe in it. It truly is. It's actually a, a placebo, you might say. It looks like the real thing, but it isn't. We've never had real democracy. And these boys have decided long ago uh, that uh, we should not have it and should never have it. We're not capable of having it, in fact, they believe. Only the better kind can judge and steer the ship of earth, not the masses, unwashed, silly masses. You see, it's all elitism at the top, and I hope you realize that. I hope you realize what it's all about. And that the, the depopulation agenda is such a massive priority with them because 
as Charles Galton Darwin said in his book, The Next Million Years, we got to, you know, get rid of all these people at the bottom or they'll outbreed the better types like himself. Michael Gorbachev again at the State of the World Forum, emerging environmentalization of our civilization and the need for vigorous action in the interest of the entire global community will inevitably have multiple political consequences. Perhaps the most important of them will be a gradual change in the status of the United Nations. Inevitably, it must assume some aspects of a world government. Well, that's what it was set up for. There's a book put up by a Toronto bureaucrat called, uh, his last name was Escott-Reed, and I think it was something about a diary of a, a Canadian diplomat at the United Nations. He drafted up, along with Alger Hiss and Lester B. Pearson, uh, the Constitution for the, and the Charter for the United Nations. They were all communists, by the way. Michael Gorbachev, co-author of the Earth Charter. Remember, this is a Soviet leader of the country, co-author of the Earth Charter for all of us. With the, with the acceptance of all the so-called democratic countries. You think you've been democratic? No. They never, ever intended for you to have democracy. It was a punch and judy show as they spent the last hundred years working towards this very end. Says, I envisage the principles of the Earth Charter to be a new form of the Ten Commandments. They lay the foundation for sustainable global Earth community. That means drastic reduction on all the working classes. We don't need the working classes now. Don't need, they've got them all in China. That's the working class now. Dr. Robert Mueller. What a character he is. The old Nazi. United Nations Assistant Secretary General. In my view, after 50 years of service in the United Nations system, I perceive the utmost urgency and absolute necessity for proper Earth government. That means global government. There is no shadow of a doubt that the present political and economic systems are no longer appropriate and will lead to the end of life evolution on this planet. That means the, under, the, the overbred at the bottom, according to them, will outbreed them at the top. We must therefore absolutely and urgently look for new ways, he says. Lester Brown from World Watch Institute. Nations are in effect ceding portions of their sovereignty to the international community and beginning to create a new system of international environmental governance as a means of solving otherwise unmanageable crisis. Now talk about the environment. United Nations Commission on Global Governance. Regional, regionalization or regionalism must precede globalism. So we're all cut up to regions now. We foresee a seamless system of governance from local communities, individual states, regional unions, and up through to the United Nations itself. That's to be the big boss. Club of Rome, mankind at the turning point. A keen and anxious awareness is evolving to suggest that fundamental changes will have to take place in the world order and its power structures in the distribution of wealth. It's a communist, it's one of the planks, the communist manifesto, collectivism, that's how they call it there, and income. So you're going to distribute your wealth and your income 
by force, by the way, by law, to supposedly third world countries. No choice in the matter, it'll be by law. That's what all this carbon tax, apparently, supposedly, is to, is to go to. Any kind of gas tax would do, wouldn't it? Perhaps when a new and enlightened humanism, humanism uh, can permit mankind to negotiate this transition. The alternative to the existing world order can only emerge as a result of a new human dimension of progress. We envisage a revolution of the mind, a new way of thinking. Gorbachev at the State of the World Forum. And we'll be back with more of these quotes after this break. through the matrix and reading some quotes from the big boys the guys that dream up the cons that are meant to enslave us and change us all into a, a pre-planned system written long ago and they decided to use the environment to bring it along that's why they invented the whole idea of global warming and they did invent it by the way here's what Al Gore said he says Listen to the words now. We require a central organizing principle, one agreed to voluntarily. Minor shifts in policy, moderate improvement in laws and regulations, rhetoric offered in lieu of genuine change. In other words, there always to be promises, things will get better. So rhetoric offered in lieu of genuine change. These are all forms of appeasement designed to satisfy the public's desire to believe that sacrifice, struggle, and arranging transformation of society will not be necessary. See, most of society haven't a clue what's going on. They get the, the PR stuff from the major media, and they don't realize they're being appeased, that don't worry too much, it's, it's not going to be that bad. So he says here, we require a central organizing principle, one agreed to voluntarily. Minor shifts in policy, moderate improvement in laws and regulations, Rhetoric offered in lieu of genuine change, these are all forms of appeasement designed to satisfy the public's desire to believe that sacrifice, struggle, and arranging transformation of society will not be necessary. That means you're going to have that wrenching transformation of society. That's going to be a big shock, isn't it? And it's going to be done once you sign the last deal, which is already signed, by the way, just put the, the, the little thumbprints on it because it was done at the at the meeting at Barcelona, all drafted up there, and all the prostitutes will go over there and sign it into law at Copenhagen. Al Gore again, adopting a central organizing principle means embarking on an all-out effort to use every policy and program, every law and institution, to halt the destruction of the environment. As I say, they dreamed up the whole idea, the Club of Rome environment, but that's going to be the mantra. And we have the agenda from the United Nations Agenda 21. Here's a quote from it. Effective execution of Agenda 21 will require a profound reorientation of all human society. That means all of you. 
No, it's hard for people out there to believe it. It means you. Yeah, you. He was starting to say, unlike anything the world has ever experienced, a major shift in the priorities of both governments and individuals and an unprecedented redeployment of human and financial resources. This shift will demand that a concern for the environmental consequences of every human action be integrated into individual and collective decision-making at every level. Every level. You only be taxed into the ground. Then they bring out the new system where you won't get taxed, you get credits from the government. Just enough to live on. No private property. School to work, all that stuff. Scientists deciding what you do. Agencies running your lives for you. That's the, that's the fact. That's the wrenching experience they're talking about here. The upheaval they're talking about. Radical. From the Earth Charter website itself, it says, the current course of development is thus clearly unsustainable. That means too many people for their liking. Current problems cannot be solved by piecemeal measures. More of the same is not enough. Radical change. Radical means radical. You understand what radical means. Radical change from the current trajectory is not an option, but an absolute necessity. Fundamental economic, social, and cultural changes that address the root causes of poverty and environmental degradation are required, and they are required now. And the real system that's coming in is an updated collectivist socialist system. Founder of Friends of the Earth, David Brower, said, the goal now is a socialist redistributionist society where they de- redistribute the, the wealth of you. You're all very rich out there, apparently, but they're going to make sure that you, you'll be down to the same level as all those poor folk that will never get the money that's sent over to them. The plank of the Communist Manifesto. And that's what it is, folks. The goal is now a socialist redistributionist society. Just as communist as Mr. Al Gore is. The multi-millionaire, short to be multi-billionaire Al Gore. And you thought it was that, that communists were a poor working class people? Ho, oh, never ever were at the top. Never ever. They were the richest bar stewards on the earth. If we don't overthrow capitalism, we don't have a chance of saving the world ecologically. I think it's possible to have an ecologically sound society under socialism. I don't think it's possible under capitalism. That was Judy Barry, principal organizer of Earth First, one of the big UN organizations. Maurice Strong isn't the only hope for the planet that the industrialized civilizations collapse. Isn't it our responsibility to bring that about? Maurice Strong, founder of the United Nations Environmental Program, and he was also head of the World Bank at one point. Paul Ehrlich, the guy who wrote uh, a book along with uh, the U.S. uh, science czar to depopulate the world, says here, Professor of Population Studies, a massive campaign must be launched to de-develop the United States, and de-development means bringing our economic system into line with realities of ecology and world resources situation. Back with more after these messages. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. 
Because you can handle the truth. through the matrix, looking out quotes from some of the bigger players that are running your life. They're more important, in fact, than the politicians, the little clowns they give us for presidents and prime ministers. They just do what they're told. And here's a quote here from Michael Oppenheimer, Environmental Defense Fund. I told you the parallel government is made up of all these organizations and their NGOs and the foundations that fund them all connected to the United Nations. The only hope for us, or for the world, is to make sure there is not another United States. We can't let other countries have the same number of cars, the amount of industrialization we have in the U.S. We have to stop these third world countries right where they are. See, that's the real reason they're so poor in the third world countries. They don't intend to take all the money off you and give it to them under the guise of helping them clean up their own air. It's not going to get to them. That's the agenda, is to kill a lot of them off. And us too, by the way. Professor, Professor Maurice King, that's one of the guys who helped fund, uh, he was a founder of the Club of Rome. Global sustainability, and he's talking about to people, but he says this, requires the, the deliberate quest of poverty, that means introduction and creation of poverty, Reduced resource consumption as to bring down your food levels and so on. And set levels of mortality control. Not just birth control, mortality control. In other words, a stepping up of those who get euthanized at the other end. Do you understand that? Do you understand what I'm saying here? And by God, when this treaty is signed and the UN comes to its full power... It's designed to come up to total power and all of these laws and the Copenhagen Treaty go into effect in 2012. You're going to get hammered for every penny you have and more. The deliberate quest of poverty. You'll be poor, all right, because this is the agenda. We must make this an insecure and inhospitable place for capitalists and their projects. We must reclaim the roads and ploughed lands, halt dam construction, tear down existing dams, free shackled rivers, and return to wilderness millions of acres of presently settled land. He's talking about the U.S. primarily in Europe. By David Foreman, co-founder of Earth First. Complex technology of any sort is an assault on human dignity. It would be little, little short of disastrous for us to discover a source of clean, cheap, abundant energy because of what we might do with it. But you're never going to get cheap, abundant, free energy, folks. It was never on the cards. That was Amory Lovins, Rocky Mountain, Mountain Institute. The prospect of cheap fusion energy is the worst thing that could happen to the planet. Jeremy Rifkin. Greenhouse Crisis Foundation. He gets funded from all the big boys and Rockefellers too. Professor Paul Ehrlich, again, Stanford University co-writer of uh, Ecoscience, along with the uh, Science Czar, who is currently in the U.S. Uh, Congress up there, along beside Obama, 
Giving society cheap, abundant energy would be the equivalent of giving an idiot child a machine gun. See, that's what we are. We're all idiot children to these elitists. You see, who want to kill us off. Ehrlich wants to sterilize most of you. In fact, they've been doing it because after all, we're the we're just idiot children, aren't we? You can't tell idiot children what you're actually doing to them because even idiot children can get angry. So James Lovelock, the big threat to the planet is people. There are too many doing too well economically and burning too much oil. BBC interviewed Sir James Lovelock. Dave Foreman, co-founder of Earth First. These guys get incredible salaries from the big foundations, the parallel government that really runs the world. My three main goals would be to reduce human population to about 100 million worldwide, destroy the industrial infrastructure and see wilderness with its full complement of species returning throughout the world. That's what he and all the elites can have their, their offspring, you know, their perfect offspring, and they'll have this big, nice world to themselves. Mind you, they can't tie their own shoelaces, these guys, but they'll have cloned uh, super breeds to do that for them. They probably won't even need sleep. Maurice Strong, this guy has done more in his lifetime to bring up the United Nations. He's all over the world. He comes from a family of revolutionaries. His, I think it's his aunt or his cousin is over, buried next to Ma Tung, close friend and advisor of him, in fact, it says in the tombstone. And uh, it never stops. And how he was picked up by Rockefeller and groomed and never even finished high school, didn't have to, then thrown into the big oil companies to make a few million dollars and then put into the United Nations. He set up, he helped set up the whole GATT treaty for uh, trading with China and giving them all our, 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 our uh, factories and having it transported over there and set up. Current lifestyles and consumption patterns of the affluent middle class involving high meat intake, use of fossil fuels, appliances, air conditioning and suburban housing are not sustainable. And so says that God, you see, he believes he's a God, that one. Michael Fox, Vice President of the Humane Society, mankind is the most dangerous, destructive, selfish, and unethical animal on the earth. Well, he should know. What well, a name like that. Human species as a species have no more value than slugs. John Davis, editor of Earth First Journal. Human beings as a species have no more value than slugs. Do you understand what we're dealing with here? Is it going to be life or death shortly? He's not kidding at the top. Sir James Lovelock, Healing Gaia. Humans on the earth behave in some ways like a pathogenic microorganism or like the cells of a tumor. What was it David Suzuki said, the other great environmentalist for Canada and the United Nations, who likes furry animals, the geneticist actually. Uh, I think he referred to people as being maggots, maggots. Even within the maggot community, he says some rise to the top of the superior type and the rest to stay at the bottom. I guess he's one of the, the maggots at the top. The earth has cancer and the cancer is man. Club of Rome, mankind at the turning point. Again, the wonderful Paul Ehrlich, they wanted to sterilize everybody mandatorily. 
to government laws and great pal of the science czar of Mr. Obama who wrote the book together uh, the eco-science book that's all in it it says a cancer is an uncontrolled multiplication of cells the population explosion is an uncontrolled multiplication of people we must shift our efforts from the treatment of the symptoms to the cutting out of the cancer the operation will demand many apparently brutal and heartless decisions but these psychopaths at the top will have no problems with that they've all got it drafted up ready to go down Prince Philip, that red-nosed boozer that hasn't worked a day in his life. In the preface of Down to Earth, he says, I don't claim to have any special interest in natural history, but as a boy I was made aware of the annual fluctuations in the number of game animals and the need to adjust the cull to the size of the surplus population. I don't think people really understand what we're dealing with. I wonder if they do. The Global Biodiversity Assessment for the United Nations. A reasonable estimate for an industrial world society at the present North American material standard of living would be one billion. It's a bit for the whole world living at that standard. At the more frugal European standard of living, two to three billion would be possible. It's not for the whole world. Ted Turner, founder of CNN and major UN donor. All your big corporations are owned by these boys, folks, that you get your media from, and your newspapers. A total population of 250 to 300 million people, which is a 95% decline from present levels, would be ideal, he says. The Club of Rome goes for mankind... The resultant ideal sustainable population is hence more than 500 million, that's worldwide, but less than 1 billion. And the wonderful Jacques Cousteau, we are here on the Calypso to dive in the nice water. Everybody loved Jacques Cousteau. One American burdens the earth much more than 20 Bangladeshis. This is a terrible thing to say. In order to stabilize world population, we must eliminate 350,000 people per day. It's a horrible thing to say, but it's just as bad not to say it. He's from, he was at UNESCO, that was in the UNESCO Courier, UNESCO, United Nations. John Davis, editor of Earth First, I suspected eradicating smallpox was wrong. It played an important part in balancing ecosystems <laughs> Christopher, Christopher Maines from Earth first said the extinction of the human species may not only be inevitable but a good thing these are the guys that go and talk at these meetings by the way, world meetings Ingrid Newkirk former president of PETA the extinction of Homo sapiens would mean survival for millions if not billions of earth dwelling species Facing out the human race will solve every problem on earth, social and environmental. David Brower, first executive director of the Sierra Club, big player, Sierra Club, big foundation, grant maker, a lot of front groups. 
Childbearing should be a punishable crime against society unless the parents hold a government license. All potential parents should be required to use contraceptive chemicals, the government issuing antidotes to citizens choosing for childbearing. In other words, they want to sterilize you with chemicals. And that's what, too, that's what Mr. Elric said, uh, Elric said, too, in his book. They could use chemicals to sterilize the public, and for those who are worthy to, to bear a child, they could give the antidotes. Al Gore, Earth in the Balance. The fate of mankind as well as religion depends upon the emergence of a new faith in the future. Armed with such a faith, we might find it possible to re-sanctify, re-sanctify the earth. Boy, what a religion this is, eh? The Club of Rome, again, humanists, remember, the humanists are religion themselves. The greatest hope for the earth lies in religionists and scientists uniting to awaken the world to its near-fatal predicament and then leading mankind out of the bewildering maze of international crisis into the future utopia of humanist hope, where the better ones, the scientific elite, will run your life for you from birth to grave. What an incredible planet in the universe this will be when we will one day, when we will be one family, living in justice, peace, love, and harmony with our divine earth. Divine earth, again. He sees religious topics, eh? With each other and with the heavens. Robert Mueller, UN Assistant Secretary General. Rini Dubos. The earth is literally our mother, not only because we depend on her for nurture and shelter, but even more because the human species has been shaped by her in the womb of evolution. Our salvation depends upon our ability to create a religion of nature. That ties in with Gorbachev, who said that, though he's an atheist, he said, we are creating a new world religion, and it will be based on a form of earth worship. Of course, the, the, the sciences will be the, the high priests wearing their white coats for this religion, you see. And I could go on and on and on. This is from a site, it's called The Green Agenda, and I'll put the link up at the end of the show. And you can see it for yourself. It goes on and on and on. And it's very interesting indeed. I've got one too from Barcelona, Spain. It's from, uh, by Arthur Max from the Associated Press. And it's to do with uh, the, the, the little arguments they had at the at Barcelona meeting. But they drafted all this stuff up that just going to go over and sign in Copenhagen. It says here, developing countries don't trust wealthy nations' promises that they will help them meet the challenges of climate change. You know, the weather changes. The UN's top of climate official said Monday, adding that means any new global warming deal must have legal force. The, the legal status of an agreement and whether nations will be sanctioned for failing to meet their commitments. That means fining the, the countries, you understand, if you, if you don't keep up with your payments or you can't make them. This is our contentious issues in, in talks and controlling the world's emissions of carbon and other heat-raising greenhouse gases. <laughs> utter nonsense 
We live in a world of broken promises, says Joe de Boer, the UN climate chief. He's actually the, the Pope of the powers of the air. He's in charge of the world's atmosphere. He's got a big, big stick and he just waves it, just like King Lear. And everything will be okay once we all pay this money. But really, as I say, at this meeting, they already developed all the stuff that's to be talked about and signed about and drafted. It's already drafted up for the formality at Copenhagen. Everything's a show for the public, folks. It really, really is a show. It truly is a show, and the public don't know it at all. Also, if you want to know what the future is in healthcare for the U.S., you can look into... Uh, it's called Center for Continuing Professional Education at Harvard. At Harvard, and I'll put this link up too at the end of the show. Forces of Change, New Strategies for the Evolving Healthcare Marketplace. Very, very interesting. What they have there, they've, they've got some certain workshops. One's called the Capstone Activation Workshop. Capstone, the pyramid one, you know. And Socratic Dialogues, Socrates Dialogue. Cast studies, interesting. And the leadership forms and all the rest of it in the round tables afterwards. Very expensive to attend, mind you. It's about 1900 to over $2,000 to attend. It's not for the riffraff. They don't want us all attending and finding out what they're prattling on about. It's to bring us down into utter poverty by decreasing health care to tell you they're going to make it better. Because that's the agenda, isn't it? Back with more after this break. the matrix and this time for a call is paul from australia on the line is there paul yes alan how you doing good sir not so bad <laughs> oh that's good yeah no it's cr- it's crazy uh the uh i i can't help but think alan that uh the politicians are going to do a cut and run you know they'll say okay well uh we're basically just going to put you on to a camp and and now we're going to be dictating to everybody yeah yeah Mm. Well, there's no doubt about it. Uh, they've been setting up really long before 9-11 happened in 2001. They were setting up internal police-army forces, giving them special training for 20-odd years in preparation for what's coming down the pike. And it's all coming around now, what they're all here really for. And mm. people have no idea of the utter poverty that they're going to get rapidly pushed in. They're talking about having to give billions and trillions per annum mm-hmm. to supposedly third world countries. You know it's not going to go there because they want them to die off. Exactly. And so, and so um, we're going to be taxed into the grave just for food. Food will be and it's so expensive you can't buy it eventually. I'm not kidding about that. That's exactly. how bad they wanted it, to make it. Yeah. Wasn't it uh, uh, Barack Obama, uh, he, he uh, made tobacco uh, like three times or four times the actual price? Or what it... That's correct. He did. He jacked it up. Uh, it used to be quite cheap and he put up about fourfold, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, just real quick, Alan, uh, about these uh, swine flu vaccinations, mm-hmm. um, what do you think that's mostly about? Do you think that ultimately at the end of the day, Alan, that they want to change human DNA? They're already doing it. 
that they've been doing it for years, in fact, but what they did from the initial polio vaccines on was to induce um, viruses which do bring on cancers down the road. And when you follow the cancer graphs, they just shoot up massively um, right up to the present time until literally everyone's, everyone's dying of cancers. That was part of the, of the, even Dr. Salk on an interview, and I have it here, admitted that there was more than just that one. He says there was hundreds of live viruses they didn't have names for, but they didn't know that the, H, uh, the um, HV40, the human, um, I mean, the simian 40 virus uh, caused cancer. That's its only function. But they've also been tampering into the GMO food, and everyone now has problems digesting food. It's also... Uh, it's also causing incredible obesity because we can't handle these oils and fats that are in these modified plants at all. Our body can't tolerate them, so it stores them up. And once you pass 30 pounds, you can't get it off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very true, very true. Because what's in these vaccines? Do I, does anybody actually know? Because I've heard they actually have, like, you know, DNAs of all kinds of things, like kidney, uh, like monkey brains even, and yeah. I've heard stuff like that. Yes, they do, and they also have a lot of fetal tissue in them. Uh, but we're like cannibals now. We don't realize that it tells you in every vial that, that that's in it. And I read a report uh, a couple of weeks ago from the, the farmer themselves and, and named off the, the term that they used for that, and it's in the vials. So there's fetal tissue in there as well. Uh, I wonder all, if many and, and there's hundreds of other viruses that actually say that they haven't named them yet. Yeah, I, I just wonder if many Jewish people are going to be taking the vaccine because you know how they don't believe in, uh, uh, you know how they want to. I mean, they, uh, you know, the drainage of blood out of the animal before, con uh, con uh, you know, uh, yes. eating it. Yeah. And you know, not to have any DNA, you know, to put into your own DNA, basically. That and is true. Uh, the religious ones technically can't take exactly. it because they in don't general, believe. Yeah, religious people. Yeah, because yeah, they can't take the. Uh, anything with a swine DNA in it uh, that's forbidden so it's going to be interesting to see that's why Israel uh, forbid it I think over there mm -hmm. uh, unless well, thank you, you very want much. It, I suppose thanks for calling You're welcome. Yeah, it's, it's amazing though what's going on and um, they never tell us the truth but I've been reading stuff here it should put the wind up to everyone uh, these guys are mass murderers and they know it and they feel it's their responsibility to call us all off our time is over we're the old man we haven't evolved enough. From Hamish, myself, and Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. Your God, your God's go with you. Mm -hmm.